Priority Talk Live. It's Monday's edition. Coming to you live here from WXJC Radio Studios at Studio 1011. We're coming at you live here on your Monday afternoon. Hope everybody had a great weekend and uh, getting the uh, the new week off to a wonderful start. It's 4 o'clock or just after, and we'll be here until 6 p.m. It's good news, Christian values, as we uh, do each and every Monday through Friday at this same time. And we're glad uh, you've chosen to spend a little bit of this time with us today, uh, whether it's uh, five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, or two hours, okay? Glad to have you with us, and we welcome you into into the program. Um, the ways to find us are at Priority Talk on your social media outlets, Priority Talk Man. You can find me there on Rumble as well. And, of course, so uh, we've got the uh, PriorityTalkRadio.com website and there you can link to our priority talk podcast conversations with greg davis podcast and also find our rumble page also and our sponsors are also there so that's always good if you uh, hear uh, one of our advertisers you can head to priorityTalkRadio.com. these are the people that make the program happen and uh, they support uh, pro jesus pro-life pro-israel pro-biblical family and uh, you should support them and uh, we're glad uh, you're with us today. Jason here with us, of course, today as well. Hola. Hello, my man. How are you? I'm doing great. Had a big weekend because his second child graduated from college. That's right. And she's now a University of Alabama's alumni. Wow. 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 Going to be a school teacher pretty soon, teaching music to uh, middle school kids. And man. She's, man, she's excited about that. She's already got two different job interviews lined up now. So she is just, she is tickled pink and she is ready to go. Well, congratulations. It doesn't get much. Uh, Thank you. Doesn't get much better than that from a professional standpoint, you know, to see your children oh, uh, doing well. All right. Both, yeah, both of mine. I got two college graduates with two bachelor's degrees now. So I'm a happy dad. <laughs> Good deal. Um, we are on Facebook Live as well right now. So let me just inform you of that as well. Uh, if you'll head to our Facebook page, dot com facebook.com slash priority talk you'll find uh find me live there and uh, not much to look at but every now and then it's fun to get a look in studio and i know for a lot of you you tell me that that reminds you that we're on and uh and that's there's nothing wrong with that if uh we spend so much time on our phones honestly more most more people well let me say this most people no i don't want to say most a lot of people spend more time on their phone while they're driving than they do on their radio i'm guilty of that so be careful. <laughs> uh, be careful. I stay on my phone way too much. But uh, maybe you're uh, headed to the car, in the car, whatever, and you see that we're on live, and maybe you can put the phone down and turn it to 101.1 FM. Yeah, and, safely. Yeah, and, and, and jump in here with us, and you can listen in as well as watch. So a lot of you shuffle through during the program, and we do appreciate that, and uh, we're uh, glad to have that, that service for you. But we do take um, some of the – very best of what we do here on the program, and we uh, package that up, Jason does, and post it to our Priority Talk Man Rumble page. And that's also there at our Facebook. If you'll go there, I've got it posted right up top. And if you go there, you'll see uh, some of the latest conversations and guests that we've had uh, on the program with us. And uh, you may want to go back and check some of those out. I mean, you can watch the audio. You can listen to the audio. You can watch the video either way. And they're uh, always entertaining. It's all there always. in many different ways for you. And uh, we are, have got a good one for you today. Uh, coming up next hour, to end the show, as we get close to 6 o'clock, 
I'm going to head out a little bit early today. I've got to be at a, an event tonight sponsored by Eagle Forum of Alabama. And it is a, uh, I'm not sure exactly what to call it, if it's a, 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 I don't think it's a debate, but it's a, uh, anyway, all the candidates for Secretary of State are going to be there tonight. Cool. And uh, and I'm going to be there, and I will uh, offer the, uh, the, the opening, I guess, the opening prayer for that event. It's always a good so thing. So I've got to head out a little bit early today, but no, don't panic. Uh, last week, I visited with actor... T.C. Stallings, and we're going to play that interview for you uh, here at the end of the show today. A brand new movie in theaters today. It's called No Vacancy. It's in theaters today, and it's really good. I've seen it. I recommend it to you. It's it's a well-done movie. T.C. Stallings plays a very compelling character in this movie based on a true story out of Leesburg, Florida, uh, dealing with a church and, and a homeless crisis. And T.C. Stallings, who many of you will remember from uh, from the movie Courageous. Some of you will remember him from the movie War Room. And now, and he's been in a couple other films as well, but those are both Kendrick Brother movies that many of you saw, I know. And now you will see him in No Vacancy. In theaters now, started May 9th, that's today. You can see it in theater. So you'll hear my conversation with T.C. from last week. We've also already also posted that to the uh, Priority Talk Rumble page, Priority Talk Man. So you can find it there and you can watch that conversation as he and I talked about the movie. And uh, what I'm just telling you, Jason, I'm not lying. He puts in a compelling, um, what do you call it, uh, not just acting job, but what do you call it, just a, a characterization of uh, this movie. I mean, the guy absolutely. So, in other words, he was spot on for that role. He killed it, man. I'm telling you. he It's one of the better acting jobs I've seen. And, and I've seen him in other roles, so I know this isn't just like who he is. He's really acting. Uh, he, he played in Courageous. Now, that movie's been out 10 years now, hard to believe, over 10 years. He played that first scene where they, they steal the guy's truck from the gas station. He was the, the bad kind of dude. That stole the truck. You know, he had the wife beater T-shirt on, and he, he just a big, the big muscular, bad-looking kind of dude. That was him. And then he, in War Room, he played a different role. But um, anyway, outstanding movie. We encourage you to see it. You'll hear my conversation with him uh, later in the program today. Uh, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, we're scheduled to visit with uh, best-selling author Robert J. Morgan. He uh, is a lives up in the Nashville area, where I believe he still pastors a church up there, and he's got a brand new book out. And we're going to be dealing with uh, the last days. It's the 50 final events in world history. What does the Bible say about the Earth's final days? And so Robert J. Morgan, it's a comprehensive, very easy to understand overview, basically, of the Book of Revelation. And so, if the Book of Revelation has been of interest to you, Maybe it's confusing or hard to understand. He has done really a, a great time taking us on a journey through the end time prophecies. He goes step by step through the end of the world to the dawn of the new kingdom of heaven. And so we're, we're scheduled to have that, um, that. The book is now out from Thomas Nelson, and we're scheduled to visit with Robert J. Morgan when we come back from this first break here on a Monday. We'll take your phone calls a little later in the program, so stay tuned for that. The number's always... 
1011. Keep it right here, my friends. It's Priority Talk Live. Greg Davis here with you. And you can check us out on Facebook.com slash Priority Talk. You can see us live in studio. Stay with us. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212055. I just want to talk about my experience with Fox Mortgage. Gradarius Witherspoon is another very happy Fox Mortgage customer. They were able to get us refinance. We saved about 1.8% on our interest rate, and that saved us thousands of dollars on our monthly mortgage payment. We were able to also do a cash payout on our mortgage with that refinance, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, so it was great for us. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, I would highly recommend Fox Mortgage. The people over there at Fox Mortgage, Jody, Dawson, Melody, all of them were persistent in getting the rate that I needed, and they were really helpful. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Fox Mortgage President Jim Corey, he's the longest-running advertiser with Crawford Broadcasting. Been on the air since 1992, and so whether his clients are looking for their dream home or refinancing, Jim and his team will work to find you the right loan program at the lowest rate. Let them go to work for you. Call them today at 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, quick as a fox, at 205-661-6868. Hi, everyone. I'm Gretchen Carlson, host of The Real Story with Gretchen Carlson on Fox News and author of Getting Real. You are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. We return, and we are excited to visit with our guest for this hour, Robert J. Morgan, the teaching pastor of Donaldson Fellowship in Nashville. My goodness, been there now for over 40 years, and of course, uh, he is a best-selling author. Uh, Many of you know his books, Then Sings My Soul, Red Sea Rules, um, and uh, now his latest, the final, or the 50 final events in world history, the Bible's last words on Earth's final days. And so Robert J. Morgan joins us today. And uh, Mr. Morgan, it is a pleasure to have you back on the program with us. It may have been Red Sea Rules. Might have been the last time we spoke. That's been a little while back, but it's great to have you. Thank you, Greg, and I'm glad to be with you, too. Yes, sir. Well, uh, tell us, um, well, give everybody quickly, you've, you've been there over 40 years um, up in uh, at Donaldson in Nashville. Uh, just give everybody a, a little quick overview of yourself, uh, just in case they're not familiar. And and uh, give, t- let people know where you're coming from before we jump into the book. I'm a native Tennessean. I was born up in the Appalachians near the North Carolina border, and I have been living here for the most part in Nashville for the last 43 years. Uh, my wife, Katrina, passed away two years ago, oh. we, uh, and I miss her. But yes. we, we have three daughters, and they all live nearby, and they have children. So I'm busy now. I speak. I write. And this book, The 50 Final Events in World History, is my study of the book of Revelation, which I've been studying for half a century, ever since I was 19 years old and in college. And I've read it and knew about it before then, but I've been studying it all of these years. And I think it's a marvelous book of hope and encouragement for us. All right. Well, 
50 final events. I'm sorry to hear about your wife. I know that you uh, were a caregiver for her for, for all of those years. So my, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, the 50 final events, how did you come up with the number uh, with 50? Is, is that just a number or uh, did it just work out that way or what? Well, it sort of worked out that way. When you read through the book of Revelation, beginning with chapter 4 and going all the way through, then you're talking about the future. God tells us what is going to take place, and there are 21 primary events. And it's very clear as you read through it, you can't miss it. There's the breaking of seven seals on a scroll, and each one symbolizes a different event. And then there are the blowing of seven trumpets, and each one symbolizes a different event. And then there are the seven bowls of wrath that will be poured out at the very end of world history. So you have those 21 primary events. Now, around them, other things are happening. And when you read the book of Revelation, one phrase you come across is, after this, after this, after this. Mm -hmm. And so, so I just made a list here of the sequential things that will take place leading up to and including the return of Christ, and my list uh, was 50, but of those 50, 21 events are very seminal. I got you. Very good. I, I Right on target with that. Um, tell us, um, get the background. I, I think people know the background, but when you start to read a, a book or study a book of the Bible, you need to know, uh, you know who wrote it, where it came from, what was the setting to properly interpret it. So tell us uh, about John, the revelator, who wrote the who wrote this book, tell us about what was going on with him, the setting of the book. He was very old by this time. He might have been 85 years of age, which back in the first century was an extraordinary age. Uh, but he was still engaged in ministry, overseeing the Eastern Church, or the church in the Roman Empire that was based in Ephesus. And because of his influence and his fame, he was exiled to an island uh, not too far from Ephesus, but far removed uh, practically because of the ocean uh, in the Aegean Sea, the island of Patmos. And the Romans thought they were just getting rid of his influence, but instead God was using that to get John's undivided attention to give him the contents of the last book of the Bible, this book of Revelation. And so John received this information, and the first verse of the book is so important. The revelation yes. of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. And it was revealed to John, who then wrote it down, gave it to these seven churches in Asia that represented his, his ministry circuit, and from there it has been passed on to us. But it dates from about the year... 90 or 95 in the first century. Why do you think people have such a difficult time uh, understanding, interpreting um, this this book of the Bible? It may be the most, I, I would say it would come up as probably the most, listed as the most difficult if you just ask, you know, average people about the Bible. Uh, that, that It's the one that intimidates people the most. Why do you think so? We overcomplicate it. Um, I think that we are, um, uh, we just overcomplicate it, Greg. The book of Revelation, I'll tell you, I can just describe it in one, in, in one, sen in, in one minute, I think. Okay. Chapter 1 is introductory. Chapters 2 and 3 
are messages to these seven individual churches. Chapter 4 and 5 is the scene in heaven at the beginning of tribulation. Chapter 6 through 18 describe the events that will take place during the seven years of tribulation. Christ comes again in chapter 19. He sets up his kingdom in chapter 20. And chapters 21 and 22 tell us about the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, that country that we call heaven. And if you look at it as simply as that, then it begins to make sense. Well, and you give that outline exactly like that in the book. So if uh, people are like, hey, I didn't quite catch all that, we'll get the book. It's Robert J. Morgan, The 50 Final Events in World History. Uh, Mr. Morgan, did you come at this with a particular eschatological uh, viewpoint? How did you work out some of the more maybe, quote, unquote, difficult uh, issues in here that people tend to sort of disagree over sometimes? Well, I approach Revelation the way I approach the rest of the Bible. I take it just as literally as possible. And if something is clearly symbolic, then, you know, I see, I look to see if it tells me what is, uh, what, what the symbolism means, and it usually does. Um, I'm, if, you, if you want to know eschatological um, positions, I am premillennial, which means I believe that Jesus will come again and establish his kingdom on earth. Um, And people often say, well, when will the church be raptured? I think it will be at the beginning of the tribulation period, which would be in Revelation chapter 4. But that's an area where Christians can disagree. Some people think the church will be raptured in the middle of the tribulation, and which would be chapters 12 and 13 of Revelation. Other people think that the church will be raptured at the moment of the return of Christ, which is described in Revelation 19. So, uh, so I think we can be flexible on these issues. And, uh, Greg, do I have every single detail of Revelation right? Well, probably not. Right. But I do think the overarching sequence and flow and content of the books is relatively clear, when you just take it as a linear sequence of events, and and that's what I do. We have included charts and graphs and things that will yes. help people see the simplicity of the book. I agree. It, it you have made it very uh, understandable, readable. Um, taking, I love it when people can take things that maybe others think are complicated and make them simple. That's the sign of genius to me. Um, you, you saying you mentioned that you can't adequately uh, deal with world events or. or personal crisis unless we've increasingly see things from Christ's perspective. How can we see Christ's perspective in, 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 in Revelation? There's a pattern in the book of Revelation, it, and it's, it's sort of like a football game, Greg. If you listen on the radio to a football game, mm-hmm. there'll be the play-by-play announcer who tells you what's happening uh, with the players down on the ground, and then you'll have the analyst or the color commentator who will explain sort of the, the bigger picture of the whole thing. And we have that in the book of Revelation. We have the scene that is unfolding on earth given to us play by play, and then we're, we sort of go up to heaven and, and we see a response in heaven, and then we're back on earth, and then we're back up in heaven, and then we're on earth again, and we're back up in heaven. And this undulating pattern continues throughout the entire book of Revelation. And the lesson is that down here on earth we cannot adequately interpret everything without knowing what god is doing without knowing what god is thinking 
And the same thing is true in our lives. Some of our listeners have problems and burdens and difficulties right now, and we all do. But if we don't learn to look at things from God's perspective, and that means studying the Bible and looking at His promises and knowing that He has a purpose for our lives, then we just end up in chaos. But once we begin to understand the mind of Christ and to grow and our biblical knowledge and to claim his promises, then so many things either become clear, or even if we cannot see exactly what God is doing, we are better able to trust him. Mm. I only have about a minute before we hit the bottom of the hour. I'm going to, I want you to come back on the other side if you can after the break. Um, But um, I'm I'm getting a question here, somebody wanting to know, uh, how many of the 50 events have already taken place, if any? None of them have. Mm -hmm. This book, um, now chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Revelation uh, are sort of in current time. John describes his situation and the situation of the churches that he is addressing. But then beginning in chapter 4, he goes into the prophecy, and that's where the 50 final events begin to tick off one after the other until Christ comes again. Robert J. Morgan is our guest. Uh, Have you got time to carry over with us for another segment? Certainly. Okay, because there's a lot we want to get into. I want to talk about uh, uh, current world events, how they may be leading to these. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the Antichrist, of course. We must ask about that. Um, you know, people always uh, want to know about um, uh, the issue of, uh, you know, when you start getting into the mark of the beast and all these kind of issues. So we'll, we'll just let this roll. Some of those will hit. Uh, Uh, Israel, what is their uh, role in the second coming of Christ? What about America? All of these kind of questions. We can answer some of these with Robert J. Morgan when we return. It's the 50 final events in world history. The book is out now with Thomas Nelson Publishers. And uh, we hope you'll find it. Robert J. Morgan, the 50 final events in world history. It's available now. And uh, it's a great, great read. If you want to study the book of Revelation, this is the way to go. All right, stay with us, and we'll be right back after the bottom of the hour. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Hey, Priority Talk listeners, Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests, and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets. And at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-E.com. And protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like...
we return and we continue our visit with Robert J. Morgan, uh, the best-selling author and uh, for over 40 years there at uh, Donaldson up in Nashville, uh, teaching pastor now. And uh, he's teaching us. Uh, we're in the book of Revelation and uh, his book, The 50 Final Events in World History, uh, is a great, um, I don't know, is it fair, I guess an overview, uh, more than an overview of, uh, of the book of Revelation. Um, it's a resource that I, I could see reading it, and then I could see keeping it handy, Mr. Morgan, so I could pull it back out <laughs> over the years to come. Because uh, the way you've laid it out, you can pretty much just kind of find out what you're interested in or what your question is and, and find out. I love the way you laid it out. I think it will be a, a book of lasting value if the Lord will bless it. And also, Greg, for small group Bible studies, mm. there are a lot of uh, small groups that have studied many parts of the Bible that are afraid to tackle Revelation. And so this is just a simple guided tour of the book. And uh, so for small group studies, I, I think it may be very helpful. Yeah, and it's as he mentioned earlier, it's got illustrations and graphs and different things in that. But it, it's not, uh, I, and I mean this as a compliment, it's not academia feel at all. It's a very layman where um, any of us, I think, could jump into it and, uh, and really begin to study the book and, and use it as uh, as our uh, as our guide uh how do you see um current day events um prepping us do, do, do you believe that current day events show us that we're uh closer to these uh, 50 final events actually uh, beginning to take place what, what, what do you see we certainly are and the, the the events in revelation which in former generations seemed impossible are now not only possible and plausible they seem probable. Uh, when you think that the entire earth is now threatened, and it's threatened by a multitude of things, our planet is so interconnected electronically, what would happen if our internet worldwide went down because of solar flares? What would happen if there was a worldwide financial meltdown or crisis or a global depression, which very well may be coming? What would happen if the church were suddenly raptured and two billion people disappeared? We're living at a time when one man in Moscow who pushes a button or another man in Beijing who breaks a test tube could extinguish the entire population of the world. This is such a globalized planet now that the worldwide events described in the book of Revelation, we can visualize them, we can easily see how they would come to pass. And that's not been true for other generations. Plus, we have Israel back in the land as of 1948. So all of these things uh, are, I think, preparing the way for some exciting days to come. Another issue that we've talked about is, uh, like you said, a generation or two ago couldn't have seen how these things could have happened. But now when you think about the mark of the beast, uh, you can easily say, see how from a technology standpoint and from just a... Um, uh, a, a big brother standpoint, you could easily say how something like this could happen. Am I missing it? You're exactly right. In China right now, the level of surveillance on its citizens is absolutely frightening. It is, um, it is antichrist-like. They have billions of, of uh, well, they, they have millions of cameras for their billion people, uh, all with facial recognition. They track everybody's cell phone. They listen to your conversations. They know what you're tuning into. They know where you're going. Um, and uh, in this way, they're trying to extinguish Christianity. It's not working for them. 
but it's not for lack of, of oversight. They, they are a super surveillance society now, and with that comes oppression, and that's, that's the way the Bible describes the days of the Antichrist. Well, since you brought up Antichrist, uh, uh, what will Antichrist, uh, this, this person, uh, who uh, is sort of Satan's um, uh, tool or his Superman, what will he be like? And uh, tell folks about the part he will play when the last days come. The Apostle Paul called him the man of lawlessness, mm. and he is described throughout the Bible. I've just done a study on the Antichrist, and he is, you, you, you find references to him throughout Scripture. But he's going to show up in Revelation chapter 6 as a hero, as a man riding a white horse spent on conquest, trying to take control of a chaotic situation. But by the middle of the book of uh, Revelation, he is transformed by satanic possession into an incredibly evil man, the epitome of human evil, the most evil man who's ever lived. And the Bible repeatedly says he will be very blasphemous against God and he will try to destroy the nation of Israel the way that Hitler tried to destroy the Jewish people during the Holocaust. And he'll be very close to accomplishing that when Christ comes again to rescue them. But he is described as a beast in the book of Revelation, and that's exactly what he's going to be like. Uh, where do you believe the Antichrist? Do, do, you, do you have a good feel for uh, uh, where he may come from or... Um any more about who who that person could be? Do you believe the Antichrist, you know, we always ask this, could be today. Is that possible? Yes. I don't know where he will come from, okay. but he very well could be alive today. He could be um, a, a student growing up in this secular, um, warped educational system uh, that dominates the Western world. He could be uh, a, a young soldier training in some foreign army. He could be, I think he's going to be a business uh, guru, someone with, with all of the savvy of uh, Elon Musk and, and the brutality of, of Vladimir Putin um, and, and all of this put together. So he could be alive today. We, we know that we cannot set dates because the Bible tells us that no one knows the day or the hour. Correct. But we can tells something about the times and the seasons in which we're living. And so we are living now in the first time in human history when a person can be recognized all around the world at once, can appear to be the savior if a great calamity would occur and would strike the earth, and who could threaten the entire world afterwards uh, with diabolical genius. Uh, we can see how all of this could take place, even our movies and television shows sometimes uh, will, uh, will give us the way that Hollywood, without even knowing the Bible, might imagine these scenarios taking place. So I don't know who he is or where he will come from. I don't know if he is alive today, but I wouldn't be surprised, and I think he is coming relatively soon. You mentioned Israel. Um Let's mention the uh, America or the United States more specifically. Let's 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 mention the United States. Does do you believe or do you see the United States uh, having a role uh, in these uh, final days of, of of the world? I don't know, Greg. Mm -hmm. That's a question that I don't know. When I read and study biblical prophecy, 
it deals with um, with the broad biblical world that is described in the scripture from uh, Europe all the way across the Middle East to Asia up to Russia down to Africa um, and there are many different prophetic insights into the way those countries will align and the Bible teaches that there will be something like the Roman Empire that will reassemble and it will be like the Babylonian Empire and its degradation. Now, whether America is aligned with all of that because of our um, diplomatic alliances or whether America has just totally lost influence, I don't know. Um, I think that God gave America a great role in this world to evangelize the nations. No nation has done more for freedom and for evangelization throughout history than America. But you know as well as I do that we are just on the cusp of total decay, mm. and whether or not we'll be relevant to the last days. Uh, right now, I'm praying for revival, uh, and, and I see a lot of young people zealous for Christ. Yes. But whether or not we'll play a significant portion of the last days is something that I cannot find in Scripture. Yeah, we continue our visit with Robert J. Morgan, his uh, new book, The 50 Final Events in World History. The Bible's Last Words on Earth's Final Days. It's a uh, great study, an overview study of uh, the book of Revelation. And, um, Mr. Morgan, why do you think Revelation is it's the only book in the Bible with a specific blessing for those who read it and, and follow it and, and do it? Uh, why do you think so? Why do you think the book of Revelation is the one that, uh, that has this special blessing and Shouldn't that really motivate us to study the book of Revelation? I know that's what you hope. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why the Lord included it. Isn't it interesting, Greg, that at the beginning of the book, in chapter 1, and then again at the end of the book, in chapter 22, the Lord promises to bless those mm -hmm. who will give themselves to the study of this book of Revelation. And I think one of the reasons is just what you said, that it will motivate us to do it, but the book of Revelation abounds in blessings. It tells us what the future is going to be like. It tells us that God is in control of the trajectory of human history. And most of all, it tells us how in heaven we're going to live with him forever and ever in the golden city and in the new earth and in the new heavens, and how all of the story is going to end up. And it's going to end up gloriously for those who know him as wow. their Savior. And it's also a warning for those who don't. So for all of these reasons, it, I think the reading and the study of Revelation, the, the neglect of it is a great shame. And in this book, The 50 Final Events in World History, I think, at least I have tried, to explain the book of Revelation so that a middle schooler could understand it. As you see the sequence of events unfolding, it is not that difficult to understand, and the portrait that it gives us of Jesus is, well, it finishes out the brushstrokes of what he is like, and we need the book of Revelation to tell us exactly how glorious and majestic and eternal our Lord Jesus is. You wrote this book for people just like me, middle school <laughs> understanding, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, people... Well, I, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> no, it's true. That's, that's a compliment. Uh, people can... It can get that's what I said earlier. I think anyone could pick this up and begin to get a real feel, and uh, for the Book of Revelation, understanding it. Um, 
Talk to us about the number seven. That's another theme that all that seems to come up so much, um, and, and it, you know it's sort of a, a, even a cultural thing. You know this number seven in the Bible. Talk to us about the number seven and how we see it throughout Revelation. All through the Book of Revelation. Oh, we dropped him. All right. All I can do, Jason, is try to ring him back real quick. Let's give. We'll give it a shot and see something. Just uh, that was a that was a hard drop. Uh, man, what he's done a wonderful job on this book. I'm not just blowing smoke. Uh, you guys know I'm not doing a lot of book interviews right now, but this is one I did not want to pass up because of how uh, simple he's really made this. I mean, you take your Bible, and really he's got the scripture in here, but take your Bible and this book, and you can have a really, really good understanding of the book of Revelation. All right, and we're going to get back on with him. Here we go. Uh, and uh, Mr. Morgan, just continue talking about the number seven. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, there are there are multiple sevens throughout the book of Revelation, and seven represents perfection. Um, there are seven days in a week, and that finishes out the week. It makes it a, a, a perfect cycle. And so we have this through the book as a, I think some of it is a technique to help us to remember. It's a mnemonic. Um, on the other hand, the number of humanity and imperfection is six. And so the mysterious mark of the beast is Mm -hmm. 666, and the wonderful um, trinity of of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is 777. And the devil can never equal or reach or match the number of God. So it's interesting to study through the book of Revelation to see the number 7 and how often that occurs in the cycle. I don't know that there is significance to it beyond the fact that it represents perfection, and it helps John to give us uh, quantities of information that we, can, that we can remember and absorb. Great answer. Uh, very quickly, I'm going to mention, you know, in the book of Revelation, there's dragons, scorpions, uh, scorpion demons, seven-headed beast. Uh, much of uh, Revelation is... is ascertaining uh, what to take literally and what to take symbolically. You get to Revelation 21 and 22. You've got a description of heaven. Um, do you believe that's a literal picture of heaven in 21 and 22, or is it, uh, is it symbolic? There is no reason to take it symbolically. Mm-hmm. Okay. My rule in touching uh, the Bible is that if there is a portion of Scripture that, that makes sense literal, then uh, literally, then take it literally. I mean, we do that with any other book. If mm-hmm. I'm reading uh, a book of mathematics and, and it, it talks about some mathematical equation, I take that literally. Uh, if I'm reading a book of poetry and it's got symbolism, then I, you know, then I understand that, that some of that language is, is poetic. Um, and I do the same thing with the Bible. So throughout the book of Revelation, I think the events are described literally with symbolic overlays. And usually when there is symbolism there, then uh, it explains what the symbol means. Uh, remember, Greg, that, that things can be both literal and symbolic. You know, if you have an American flag, that is a literal flag on, 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 in front of your house. Yeah. But it also is symbolic for the United States of America. So, um, so I, when I read the book of Revelation, I take it fairly literally, and when there are obvious symbolic references, then I'll look to see. And usually it says, well, 
the seven lampstands represent the seven churches, or the beast is that of serpent, the devil. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how often John will interpret his symbols to make sure that we're not missing them. Well, outstanding. Uh, Robert J. Morgan, and with everything happening around the globe, uh, this is a very timely book uh, for, I think, for for people in general, uh, specifically those uh, in the church who may have been intimidated by the book of Revelation to try to understand it. And I love on the back you say, you don't need to worry. God's got tomorrow right on schedule. Amen. I agree with that. Uh, Mr. Morgan, God bless you, and, and thank you for this great work, and thank you for your ministry for all of these years and your faithfulness uh, for all the great um, work that you've put out there for, for the for the body of Christ. We sure do appreciate you, and it's a real privilege to have had you back on the program. My joy. Thank you, Greg, and the same back to you. The Lord bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you. All righty. Robert J. Morgan, we'll let it go right there. Outstanding book. I'm telling you, this is a good one. If you want to study the book of Revelation, get this one. Robert J. Morgan. We'll be right back. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. This is Dr. Ben Carson. I hope you're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis, a real patriot. We together are going to make sure that America is a great place, and that's why we've written the book, Created Equal. As we return, apparently breaking news, um, there has been a uh, what appears to me to be a photo of uh, this Mr. Casey White, the escapee, you know, from up in Lauderdale County at a car wash, and um, the word was, this is, a, this is in Evansville, Indiana, which makes sense that the car was dropped in, in the greater Nashville area, uh, and then um, this was, I think, at a car wash, and uh, the owner of the car wash, or the manager, says he abandoned the vehicle that he was in, which appeared to be like a little Ford uh, truck, like a Ranger or something, they still make Rangers? Something like that, a small yeah, Ford truck. And then got into another vehicle and left. That was one update, and that was, um, I saw that uh, from about an hour ago. And now, more recently, within the last hour, there is now a large police presence in Evansville after a chase. And um, there is no confirmation yet that they have apprehended Vicki and or Casey White. But it sure does look suspicious. And uh, I will say this, on Twitter, there are lots of reports that they have both been apprehended. Yeah, you said wow. I did say wow. Man, what, let, let's, we'll see. Um, 
to be so smart, not very smart. <laughs> then she, I just, I thought I saw like a, a picture of her recently. She might have dyed her hair brown. Well, I think they were sort of. Um, maybe, I don't know. Or maybe that may have been an older photo. I think they were just, you know, thinking that she probably had been. Uh, it does appear as though he's been captured. I'm looking at video now. There apparently was a, a, a wreck. And it appears as though he's been captured and and she's at a hospital and has been taken to the hospital. If that's their vehicle that wrecked, I can see why they would need to go to the hospital. Pretty pretty significant uh, overturn of a vehicle. Um, you know, I've been thinking, hey, this lady's pretty smart. She knows how the police work. She knows, you know, she's 17 years in. Um, she's just a jailer. Um, yeah, but still, you know, you think that might would help her more than the average bear. You know, to have that experience. I've met some jailers in my time. Well, <laughs> just saying. It, it apparently didn't help her. I mean, they dropped no. the car in Nashville. Then they had to have seen the reports that the car was found. And then you're just in Evansville, Indiana, and you've had how long to be on the move? I mean, we could leave now and be in Evansville, Indiana tonight. Yeah, I, I, I would have headed out west. I mean, I, mean, I just, me. um, you know, we were all thinking, hey, they're probably already out of the country almost by the time they found out they were missing. Uh they only made it to Evansville, Indiana. Apparently, there must have been something there. She had went, they had footage of her, you know, the day or the night and the day before uh, she helped him escape. She had went to a Kohl's department store and bought some men's clothing. And she had went to, an, uh, as we say, <clears throat> an adult store. Oh, dear. And bought some uh, some goods. I you mean, don't have to go any further detail. <laughs> I know, I'm not. I know I'm you're not, not going to. I'm not. Uh, it's a family show. The thought more, of it's that, more than a family show. I just threw up in the back of my throat a little um, bit. I mean, that shows you uh, she put more preparation into that, apparently, than finding somewhere to. Look, he was at this car wash. I'm looking at the picture. He wasn't even hiding. He had his arms exposed. You know, he had those tattoos all down his arm. He, Man. I was thinking we may never hear from these people again, quite honestly. I mean, I, I was thinking they, they got a plan. There were, There's always a mistake that's made. Oh, they made a horrendous mistake. I mean, he's, he's out walking around, doesn't even have long sleeves on to cover those tattoos, and he's 6'9". You know he's going to stand out. Apparently, uh, they both have been apprehended. That That's the word I would assume that is correct. We'll continue to check into it. Stay with us. We're back in for hour number two, and uh, before we uh, broke for the top of the hour, we told you that it did appear as though uh, the Whites had uh, been captured up in Evansville, Indiana. A uh, press conference has uh, begun to take place, and so let's let you hear a little bit of it. This is the uh, sheriff out of uh, Lauderdale County in downtown Florence. I haven't got that information. I'm not sure. How was she injured? Don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a result of wreck or if it's some other kind. Escape was, you know, most escapes from a county jail, especially, uh, they're not planned. They're just sort of spontaneous. Uh, there are no resources available, no plan in place about what am I going to do when I get out here, other than just run. Uh, this this escape was obviously well planned and, and calculated. Uh, a lot of preparation went into this. They had plenty of resources, had cash, had vehicles, had everything they needed to pull this off. And that's what made this last week and a half so challenging. 
uh, you know, we, we were starting from ground zero, and not only that, we were uh, started, uh, they got a six-hour head start on us. So it, it's been a very, and this is just, just speaks volumes to the effectiveness and the efficient, uh, uh, efficiency, it speaks volumes to the effectiveness and efficiency of the United States Marshal Service. Uh, this is what they do. They track down fugitives, and today it's obvious that they do it well. Is there any reason to believe they had help in their escape? No evidence uh, that I know of that there was anyone else involved other than Casey White and Vicki White. Is someone going to get the money? So that I don't know about. That, that's not my, my, not my deal. Are they talking yet or keeping quiet? Did they have anything to say once they were in custody? I have no idea. Um, they're obviously in Indiana, and I'm here, so I don't really know what's going on as we speak. But uh, are you all sending folks to Indiana? Do you have people up there? The U.S. Marshals are up there. Uh, we will probably wait until they get back here. I don't see any need in us sending someone up there, so they'll be brought back here. Uh, and now if they if they don't waive extradition and are up there for a while, we may end up sending a team up. Sure. Can you talk about lessons learned? over the week about protocols that are in place for your employees, but will there be changes or lessons that you've learned from this entire situation? Well, the lesson that I think I've learned, and I think everybody's learned, you don't know who you can trust. You know, I had every bit of trust in Vicki White. Uh, she has been an exemplary employee, and what in the world provoked her or prompted her to pull a stunt like this, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know. But, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, as a leader, you've got to have people in place in these key positions like she was in, that you have confidence in, that you have trust in. And when they violate that trust, I don't know how you can predict that. Uh, you know, we had the policies. You know, a policy is a piece of paper. It can't prevent anything. Uh, a policy is there for me as a leader to take uh, disciplinary action when a policy is, is violated. I can't predict when someone's going to violate a policy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just uh, one more time, you know, I've learned that you just don't know people sometimes. You think you do and you really don't know who they are. How would you compare this moment to some of the other events that have happened in your tenure as sheriff? Uh, not just my tenure as sheriff. Uh, September of this year will mark the 50th anniversary of me beginning my career. I've never experienced a week like this in my career. Yes. Have you spoken to her since their capture? I have not. Uh, that deputy has had her own as we speak. So he's talking he was to her right he now. was dispatched there. That's one reason we had to delay the press conference a while to give him time to get to their house. So she was alerted before the press yes. conference. Yes. You said Vicky won't be in the uh, County Detention Center. Do you know what the plans are when she's brought back here? Vicky, we'll make arrangements to have her detained in another facility. And in fact, those arrangements have already been made. Those arrangements were made three or four days ago. Mr. Connolly, can you speak a little to General? Okay, we'll uh, we'll pull it right there. Um, I think you got the feel for it. The uh, sheriff in Lauderdale County. What's his uh, Singleton? Rick Singleton, I do believe. I think so. Um, yeah, he's he's got a handle on things, and uh, he he clearly said it was the marshals that that, that tracked this down. And as we told you before the break, uh, what appears to have happened is they only made it till Evan till Evansville, Indiana. After dropping the car, their original car in Williamson County, south of Nashville, it's kind of Greater Nashville. In a week, they only made it to Evansville, Indiana. 
Yeah, which normally would be about an eight and a half, almost nine hour drive. Yeah, I mean, how in the world? Unless they were hiding out, stopping and hiding, stopping and well, hiding. Well, he was spotted at a uh, car wash, and they said he ditched one car and got in a different car there. Well, he had to bathe at the car wash. And yeah, and had a T-shirt on and all of his tattoo showing down his arm, which made him very identifiable. I mean, almost like he didn't know he was the most wanted man in America. Well, he's trying to scrub the, those off at the car wash. So Apparently, they uh, determined what kind of vehicle, I guess, they were in and um, spotted the car somewhere there in the Evansville area. A car chase uh, ensued, and it ended in a wreck, and he's in custody. She is at the hospital. I've seen reports that she has a self-inflicted gun wound. I don't know that he confirmed that in the press conference. I I don't think he knew. I think he said he doesn't know. But she's been taken to the hospital, but maybe she had tried to uh, take her own life rather than be um, apprehended. Wow. I mean, what, why, what do you say to that? I mean, someone who supposedly was an exemplary employee for years and just goes <laughs> on the flip completely. Had a, uh, apparently had a nice home. She sold it for $95,000, but I read where it was valued at over $200,000. Wow. She just cashed it out, you know, real quick. She was looking for money quick. Um, had what would have been, I would assume, a decent retirement. You know, they say love is blind. I think that's what it is, Greg. We've we found love even if it was meant to be tragic. You know, it's one of those cases where if you're going to be bad, be, at least be good at it. Go, go big or go home. I right? mean, I really thought. We may never hear from these people again. You know the one thing that I find kind of curious about all that? It seems like two different cars that they found that they had owned and ditched, whatever. I think that were there like two of them that were orange, like a burnt yeah. orange? Yeah. Mm, what about the affinity the for they, burnt oranges? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm sort of without words now. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm glad they called him. That's, I, uh, I need the Love Boat theme right now playing behind us. I just, you know. He obviously it was a very dangerous, uh, you know, how they say it, ombre. And I guess she would have become very dangerous because to protect her, um, to protect herself at this point. So it's two very dangerous people that are uh, now off the street. Uh, Rick Singleton up there, though, I think he's done well. I think he, he's represented well uh, from uh, North West Alabama, maybe some of you listening maybe know him. I'm I'm proud of him. The marshals tracked him down, but you know, I mean, this did happen under his watch. The escape, obviously, happened. So you know, there's always got to be responsibility for that. Uh, it was a break in protocol, though. You know, what do you, like he said, who do you know? How how do you know who you can trust? But there was a break in protocol. And uh, this did happen on his watch, but they did catch him. I think from a PR standpoint, he's represented it well. Uh, this is Alabama. Uh, he's an Alabamian, and I, I think that's fine. Uh, Brandon is up in Athens. What you got? What you think about it, Brandon? Uh, well, I've seen something on ABC 40 out of Birmingham, and they said that she shot herself. Okay. Yep. Uh, so that may be where you've seen it. Earlier. No, I didn't see it there, but but oh. that's good to know that other people are reporting that. Um, yeah, and that yeah, she's in very James, very serious conditions. What I'm reading as well. Yeah, because James Stan he uh, sent it on Facebook. He shared it. So. Okay, 
Well, that's that's uh, that helps me confirm some things then. So, uh, she was in a car wreck. Apparently, well, I say she was in the car wreck. She might not have been with him in the car. Maybe maybe they found her somewhere else. I'm not sure. Uh, did they say anything about like that, Brandon? It didn't. It just said that she uh, shot herself. Okay. So. Well, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the update. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yes, sir. God bless you. Uh, good word. Yeah, I was just assuming she must have been in the car with him that wrecked, but not necessarily. I don't know that we've been told that. They could have uh, had a beat on both of them, well, waited until they separated. Yeah, that's a pretty desperate situation for someone to turn a gun on themselves. Like Maybe that. she was held up in a hotel somewhere, possibly, and when he left, they chased him and got him and some other people moved in on her once they were when they were separated i could see that happening yeah it's that's it's that's that's very maybe very probable or know. or maybe they just spotted the vehicle that they allegedly were in uh flipped some lights on and they started running and there you go and maybe she shot herself as the car was wrecking or boy what a movie bonnie and clyde 5.0 yeah I, in stereo thank the lord that they, they didn't, as far as we know at this point, they haven't harmed anyone yeah, other than exactly. themselves. Thank the Lord, because they were two dangerous people at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's been dangerous, and apparently she's dangerous. So thank the Lord. Well, I did not expect at all that today we would be announcing that these two had been apprehended, especially not in Evansville, Indiana. I just don't know how you don't make it further away than that. Well, you know, they had to make several stops yes yes you know, <laughs> apparently one to uh some to pick up some various sundries yeah uh well no she did that before the escape oh well okay. like the night before well, she uh, she made a couple of stops is what i saw they had footage yeah. of her you know yes and, coming and, and going from several different stores and a box of donuts yes there we go okay let's take a break any of you uh, got thoughts uh what do you know any of you know rick singleton the sheriff up there i haven't made any kind of reach out i figure uh, they got more important things to do than talk to me. But uh, any of you know this uh, this sheriff up there? I, I, I like him. I, you know, I mean, the escape happened on his watch, so you got to deal with that. But as far as representing it, I, I took him as a serious lawman who um, uh, didn't come across as uh, you know incompetent whatsoever. I felt like he was on top of it. Things so, like this happen, and it did happen on his watch, so I'm sure there'll be accountability for that. Well, the thing about it, though, too, is that I, I wouldn't hold him accountable no. when, when he was betrayed by one of his own. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, there is – the buck's always going to stop with you. It, yeah, and some, I mean, it's yeah. got to stop somewhere, yeah, and you're the that. guy. You know what I mean? If you're the sheriff, that's part of the job. So I'm not, I'm not releasing him of any um, liability in the fact that this happened. It happened in his department. But – uh, I think he has represented uh, Lauderdale County well uh, nationally because this has been a national story, obviously. Okay, 205-941-1011. What do you know? What do you think? What's your thoughts? Especially if you live up that way. If you're in Lauderdale County, let's hear from you. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184-762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212-055. I just wanted to talk about my experience with Fox Mortgage. Cordarius Witherspoon is another very happy Fox Mortgage customer. They were able to get us refinance. We saved about 1.8% on our interest rate, and that saved us thousands of dollars on our monthly mortgage payment. We were able to also do a cash payout on our mortgage with that refinance, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, so it was 
great for us. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, I would highly recommend Fox Mortgage. The people over there at Fox Mortgage, Jody, Dawson, Melody, all of them were persistent in getting the rate that I needed, and they were really helpful. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Fox Mortgage and President Jim Corey, they create lasting relationships with their clients. Young adults call on Jim for their mortgage needs because their parents enjoyed an excellent mortgage experience maybe years ago. Put Fox Mortgage to work for you. Call Jim and his team at 205-661-6868. They're quick as a fox. Call them at 205-661-6868. Hi, this is Lee Strobel. You're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. And we're back in. Glad to have you with us. Priority Talk Live. Our music there didn't fire off. No big deal. We can roll without it. Uh, hey, don't forget now, a little bit later this hour, I've got to head out a few minutes early. And you're going to hear, it'll be the first time for this to air, I had a uh, conversation with actor T.C. Stallings last week. And it's about a brand new movie that's out today in theaters, May the 9th. And the movie is out now. It's called No Vacancy. And T.C. Stallings is the lead actor in it. He, along with uh, Dean Cain, is in it, who many of you know from the, the whole Superman television series. And then and then there's a lady in it, too. I forget her name. Uh, we talk about it on the interview. I can't remember her name, though. But she's a pretty acclaimed actress as well. And might I say, that was a very fun interview. It was fun. It really TC's was a cool guy. But for you and for him. Yeah, I mean, TC's a cool guy. You guys made it fun. Yep. So that'll air uh, finishing out the show today. And it'll tell you all about the new movie, No Vacancy. It's based on a true story out of Leesburg, Florida, a, a church there dealing with a homeless problem in their city. And I'll just let it go from there. But T.C. Stallings plays a very compelling role in this movie, I'm telling you. One of the best acting jobs, quite honestly, I've seen. If this was a big-time release, he'd be up for all kinds of awards. But, of course, he won't be because it's got a Christian theme to it and all that. So that'll never happen. I'm just telling you, though, if you like to see an actor really play a part he, he does in this movie. Very, very good. Uh, okay, the uh, the Whites have been captured. The escapees and the jail, the former jailer from uh, Lauderdale County have been called in Evansville, Indiana. He's in custody. She's in the hospital. So that smell is no longer in Indiana anymore. It's gone. They, uh, they didn't make it very far. I'm uh, kind of disappointed that they weren't able to uh, pull off more of an uh, escape than that. You'd think with uh, $95,000 or ever how much money and an AR and... Uh, I, I'm writing a screenplay I, I, next week. Know, I, as soon as I get a copy of the risk report and how it went, I'm writing a screenplay. I just don't We're going to make some money, buddy. We're going to make this sensational. How you don't get further away than that. Uh, I, that's uh, It'll be very interesting to find out what their journey was like. Well, it sounds like they just plotted just the getaway. Just, yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like they got to Williamson County pretty well, had a car there, and then after that, no plan. And they wound up in Evansville, Indiana, and out at a car wash, ditching a car, picking up another car. And and I'd like to know how he got how they got these cars. Who was leaving them for them? What was going on? Yeah, someone what, else. Someone else was involved in this, and um, I'm sure they'll find I out. I don't know. Um, didn't have his tattoos covered. I mean, just a short sleeve shirt, and he's got tattoos all the way down to his you know wrist, basically. Big guy uh, like him is probably hard to find clothes for too, you know. Yeah, six foot nine, big guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not. Well, little. she shopped at Kohl's the night before and got him some clothes. The big and tall section at Kohl's. That that was where she wow. went. 
Nothing, nothing against Coles, mind what a, you. What a fashionista. Yeah, oh, my but, goodness. Um, they do have a good big and tall section there, though. Because sometimes I've been there, and I'll go, hey, I like that shirt. Now I'll look, and it's about two foot too long for me. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> they do have a, a well, big and tall section. That's, that's men's clothes for me everywhere. I'm, 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 I'm Muppet size. <laughs> they're just standard so. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're too big for me. I'm Muppet size, you know. Oh, my goodness. Even the Muppets make fun of me. Yeah. Um, I'll be out this evening uh, when I leave here. I'm headed uh, to an event tonight with Eagle Forum, and they have got all of the Secretary of State candidates, Republican candidates, uh, at an event tonight. Um, who They'll be speaking and sharing their vision and all that. And uh, Eagle Forum of Alabama, nice enough to ask me to come and be a part of that. I'm going to open the event up in prayer. And who knows what else? Maybe tell a couple of jokes or something like that as well. We'll see. But it'll be good to be with those candidates uh, for you're not Secretary the, of State. You're not doing the knock-knock jokes, are you? No, no. I'll Don't do the knock-knock. Look, Maybe I've, some uh, you've got some good Casey and Vicky White jokes. Well, true. I mean, you've got some good knock-knock <laughs> jokes, but if you're going to do them, do the really good ones, okay? <laughs> Maybe Casey and Vicky White jokes. That, I go. think knock, that, knock, that will there? be... Not Casey. I'm glad they're anyway. caught, though. I'm glad they're uh, off. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad they're not out in the public and a danger to society any longer. That's that's a True. that's a good thing. So of all the you know wondering and funny and can't believe this, that's a good part of this is they have been caught. And uh, boy, her life's uh, going to take a turn. A week later, she went from um, being the jailer to going to be in jail. Not going to be good for her. Nope. And she knows it. And the and worst a, part of it is, is recovering from those wounds. And apparently she knows it so well, she tried. She shot herself. I was going to say, can you imagine being wounded, coming to, and realizing that not only you're in a hospital bed having to recover, mm. but you got a handcuff on you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you wake up and you're in the hospital and you got to think, this is the best my life's going to be. Because it's only going to get worse from here once I get out of the hospital. Note to self, don't do this again. Because once you've been a jailer, to think about having to be in jail, that's got to be... <laughs> the other side of the coin for sure uh, looking forward to tonight though being out with Eagle Forum they do a wonderful job and uh, glad to be a part of it and uh, the only one of the um, candidates for that that I don't know is Ed Packard um, but I do know Wes Allen you know uh, Jim Ziegler um, so anyway I, I know you know know the candidates except for the one Christian Horn I got to meet him a few weeks ago out of Huntsville very impressed with him but um, looking forward to meeting Ed Packard tonight as well and hearing from him. All right, we'll be right back. It's the bottom of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Priority Talk listeners, Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests, and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets. And at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-E.com. And protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like...
Okay, a short segment here um, before we take a break to come back and visit with T.C. Stallings. He's in the movie No Vacancy. It's in theaters beginning today. So if uh, you wanted to go out to the theater tonight or this week, I don't know how long it'll be there. I'm sure through the weekend. Uh, It's a really well-done movie. My wife and I watched it, and uh, they asked us to preview it and consider doing an interview on it. And I really uh, thought it was good. Great message. It talks about the homeless, and it's how a church dealt with the homeless problem in their city. Very inspiring. And uh, T.C. Stallings plays a very, very compelling character in this movie. A true story. Uh, We uh, are just reporting, like everyone else, best we can on the uh, capture now of Vicki and Casey White up at Evansville, Indiana. And I uh, just still am blown away that they didn't get any further along than they did. Um, I'm maybe just as surprised that they've been caught that close, only, you know, eight and a half hours away or so. Crazy love-struck kids. That, uh, what are you going to do? I'm uh, almost as surprised as that that I as I am the fact that she's honestly still alive. I My gut feeling was he was going to ditch her. Well, especially since that, you know, there was a statement last week by uh, a woman that, uh, that had testified against him in court saying, you know, stay, get, uh, telling her directly, if you can hear me, get away from him. Sure. You know, so. Well, I, you know, he's the one that they saw out. You know, they had pictures of him at a car wash. So it wasn't her that, you know, that blew it for him, apparently. I, um, I just really figured he would have ditched her pretty quickly and that he probably had more survivability than that. Even if he had to, you know, get out into the woods or the mountains or somewhere like that for a depends while. Depends on how good the artwork was on his tattoos. Maybe so. See, a, dis- a, a, a discretionary discerning gentleman will know to have good taste in selecting their tattoos. And if they're not that good, well. I don't know much about tattoos, so I don't, I, I don't you, have any. You know, I'm being facetious with yeah, that, right? I, so I, I'm sort of <laughs> at a loss. Hey, in other news, uh, my podcast, uh, Conversations with Greg Davis, all right, that's my uh, bi-weekly podcast where we uh, take some of the really good conversations that we feel like we have here on the program and we put them up by themselves. Now, we post the entire show day by day. That's done as well. That's Priority Talk. Find the podcast. But Conversations with Greg Davis now has one, two, three, only four posts. And guess what? Spotify has already said, eh, eh, don't like what we're doing. Which I told you guys is exactly the reason I didn't go on YouTube. We went to Rumble. Yeah. But a lot of you don't like Rumble. You don't know what Rumble is. If I was on YouTube, you'd be watching me. But you won't watch Rumble. Ain't no difference. Just the name. Same, same thing. Same great quality. But I, I knew. And so now uh, Spotify has basically, uh, I can't say they're censoring me. But they um, basically, they have different levels of, um, of you using their service. And I guess one of them is that they might drop an ad in there. And then, you know, you get, you get paid off of it. So in other words, um, the show, which is owned by Alcap, our ministry, would, would stand to benefit from the, uh, from the revenue. And they won't do that for us because they say the podcast includes hateful, harassing, defamatory, defamatory or discriminatory content that is not accepted in the Spotify audience network. Let me read it again. Hateful, harassing, defamatory or discriminatory content that is not accepted in the Spotify audience network. Then we pushed them a little further and they came back and said 
that the reason they rejected it was, quote, there is contact, content regarding phrasing homosexuality as a disease, which we have not said that, first of all. The, um, I, I, I can't, I would never say that, first of all. That's not the way I would say it. I would say it's sin. I wouldn't call it a disease. I've never said that. The people we have up here are Phil Robertson. I don't remember Phil Robertson saying that. I've had people go back and listen today. No one can find where this was said. Warren Lightfoot, of course, uh, that was talking about the resurrection of Jesus, the evidences of the resurrection. Dr. George Barna, I know he didn't say that. And then, But let me tell you, when it was, when we got kind of cut was when we posted a conversation with Dr. Ben Carson. There you go. When we posted a conversation with Dr. Ben Carson, Spotify said, uh-uh. And he did not say that in that conversation. No, never mentioned We never it. even talked about that topic. We talked yep. about race. Yep, just flagged ahead of time. So the fact that we posted Dr. Ben Carson to our Spotify account uh, has allowed them not to partner with us. I think they will still allow our podcast to be there, but they will not allow it to be monetized in any way. And I'm not really that concerned about the monetization of it, quite honestly. Um, it's nice, and it does help, you know, if you guys go on there and listen to our uh, podcast on all the different platforms. That is nice. If you watch our video on Rumble, usually Rumble will have about a, what about a little five-second little something on the beginning? Very quick, and then it goes away, and that's it. So, anyway, it does help us if you go watch those, listen to them, uh, you know, follow, like, rate, review, all those kind of things. It does help us, um, and we appreciate it. But uh, Spotify, I knew it was coming eventually. We couldn't get on those platforms and not probably feel the wrath. Okay, I am going to head out of here a little early today, and Jason's going to take it from here. And when we come back, you'll just go right into the T.C. Stallings interview, correct? And if there's any time left over on the end, you'll do some voices or tell something funny or do something crazy. Or just I'll be listening. You. I'll be listening. Don't. All right. I'll be Can't listening. Can't get away with my silliness. What's the station? I'll, li- I'll turn it on in the car. What station are we on? Uh, 101.1 FM okay. WXJZ. I'll try to find it when I get in my car. And we will be back on Tuesday, of course. Uh, at 4 o'clock, I'll be back in studio live again tomorrow. I'll give you a, a full report from tonight's Secretary of State event, and uh, we'll look forward to being with you. Oh, and tomorrow, hey, my friend Cleet Hux with the Apologetic Resource Center is going to be here with us, and he is going to talk to us about how America became pagan. Very interesting topic. He's a smart man. Cleet Hux with the Apologetic Resource Center will be here with me tomorrow. All right, have a great evening, everybody. T.C. Stallings and myself when we come back. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212055. Six years ago was my opportunity to get the first loan through Fox Mortgage and Jim. He was able to get me a pretty decent rate at the time. And six years later, I'm looking at a refi. Gary talks about his mortgage experience working with Fox Mortgage president, Jim Corey. I was actually with a military-friendly banking institution and was going with them initially. And then I had an issue with trying to track down a VA certificate of eligibility. And I called Jim's office. When I asked him the question, he says, well, any reason you're not going with me again? So I said, well, I, I thought I got the best rate. And he says, well, let me let me check. So he, he checked, and he actually beat the rate that I was currently thinking that it couldn't be beat. So 
He's a repeat performer. Uh, he's phenomenal in everything he does. He keeps the ball rolling. I can't say enough about how pleasant the experience was. He made everything easy. We went through and closed in less than 30 days. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Jim Corey and his staff, they've been helping Crawford Broadcasting listeners with their mortgage needs since 1992. That's integrity and experience, and they're ready to help you with your mortgage needs now as well. Call them from anywhere across Alabama, 205-661-6868, 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, whether quick as a fox. Hey, this is Kyle Eidelman, author of Not a Fan and Gods at War, and you are listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. And we are excited to visit with Mr. T.C. Stallings. He is uh, one of the stars of a new movie, uh, No Vacancy. It'll be in theaters on May the 9th. And uh, I've screened it. I've watched it and uh, thought it was just really outstanding and something uh, worthy of you knowing about and maybe getting out to the theaters to be able to see it. Uh, so we're excited about that. We're going to tell you all about the movie, but let's catch up real quick with one of the stars, T.C. Stallings. And uh, T.C., it's great to see you again. We've, uh, we've done this before back in the day with some of your other work, and uh, it's great to uh, have you back and, and, and got movies out with theaters. That's wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely, especially given the time that we've been through, you know, so uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, now some of our uh, longtime listeners and people that follow movies, they're going to know you from some of your other uh, roles that you've played. I, I first came across you, and you were a bad dude in the movie Courageous, <laughs> uh, and you played yeah. that to the hilt, and then uh, also <laughs> in War Room. Uh, you, you played a, uh, you know, you played a little different role in that for sure. Right. And you've played a couple of other roles that we've had you on as well. But I tell you, man, this one with no vacancy, uh, your role there, you killed it, man. I'm just telling oh, you. Bless um, you, man. You, you, I mean, the movie is a great story. It's a true story. We're gonna learn about it. But I'm telling you, man, you, you carried this movie. You, you're, you've got the most screen time, and uh, you. You absolutely showed your uh, your chops and your commitment to the movie and the story. Uh, tell us about how you got involved with this movie, and then that'll sort of unfold what the movie's about and uh, why people want to go and uh, and see it. Sure. Well, first of all, I appreciate that assessment, man. It means a lot. Um, I tried in my very best, uh, being that this was completely um, out of the realm of anything I had done before. So um, I really appreciate that. But yeah, it was back in uh, 2016, 2017. So several years ago, uh, the executive producer, Art Aris, uh, got familiar with me through some of my work and reached out to me and told me that he was working on this. And at that point, I had no idea what it was really about or where it was headed, but he let me know that I was one of the first people that they had thought of for it. And when, it, when it's ready to go, he would reach back out and let me know. And I'm like, okay. So usually sometimes when people say that, they either never reach back or they reach back really quickly, you know, maybe a month or two or something sure. like that. I didn't hear from Art on this for actually a couple of years, but then he reached back again and said, that, you know, we're getting close and so on and so forth. And I was like, okay, cool. So then finally, you know, recently last year, you know, he's like, hey, we're about ready to go with this thing. And um, here's a script and you read the script and man, 
when I looked at everything that it would require of me, I was just like, okay, this is about to be like the role of like the, the most toughest thing that I've ever done. Um, and that's the role you want as a, as an actor. And so that's, that's really how I got involved. And then when he told me you're the first person we cast, uh, we, you know, I didn't even audition, you know what I mean? And so that's a lot of pressure. They're like, we know you the guy. Oh. Now I got to make good on that, you know? And so that's kind of like the short version of how I got involved. And uh, then obviously, like I said, as far as accepting it and, and really want to get into it, that certainly came after I read the script and saw everything that was going to be required. Yeah. Well, man, you, you absolutely, uh, my wife and I watched uh, the movie together and uh, you just really, um, kept us uh, compelled to the movie to just just by the way you carried the character. So the movie is about a, a reporter who's uh, down in Florida and she's been sort of demoted to a lesser uh, role um, for, for various reasons. And she's very uh, cynical of, uh, of life and, uh, and, and work and, and, and religion, so to speak, I guess you'd say. And uh, she winds up covering a story about a church. And this is this is a real story in a real church, First Baptist Leesburg, Florida. Uh, mm -hmm. So tell us about how your role fits into this this bigger picture. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so cool because the film kind of uh, unintentionally, these three people are living their lives and they intersect. And that always stuff like that always makes for just a really, really cool film, even when they're fiction films. That's just a really cool way to write when you get all of these things, because it, it draws you in. Like, how are they going to intersect for this to be a true story? And you watch three people's lives intersect in the way that they do. It's just incredible. So I just want to say that off the top. But, yes. yeah, this the reporter here, the, this Orlando Sentinel reporter to come from the big time. And she gets, like you said, demoted to this really small uh, story. She didn't even want to do it. So there's her story. Then you got the pastor sitting there and they're thinking about expanding their sanctuary, but they decide, you know what? They see the homeless and hungry and you know drug addiction in their community. They want to address that. And then they look at this mountain of a goal, which is to uh, take this hotel and transform it. So then you have that. Meanwhile, somewhere else, completely in another area in the city, you got my character who is just literally trying to end himself. He's, he's, he's drug addicted, he's homeless, he's hungry, you know, um, he, he has no hope, he's, you know, and he's trying to take himself out, you know, and all of these situations come to a head for the exact same reason. The pastor who wants to take care of the homeless, Cecil who is homeless, and then the reporter who's covering the story. And so that's the backdrop for the miracle that happens when you got the fourth element, which is a city that doesn't want the church to do it. And, uh, and so then that's when God, you know, he, he steps in and, and shows what his purpose was for the whole thing. And therein lies what you will see unfold within the movie. And all three characters experience an amazing transformation, all three of them. I have probably the most dramatic one, but all three of them change in a very, very cool way. So I, I can't wait for people to check it out. Yeah, well, they certainly do. And this this uh, actual story uh, and this uh, location that they uh, are trying to uh, transform uh, to be uh, help help for the homeless. Uh, this has been featured on like eight different news stories by Orlando, the ABC affiliate there. Uh, it's a, a real motel that was converted into use for homeless uh, families. And so this is a real story. This is a true story. Yeah. Of course, you know, when you tell it in a movie form, you have to 
you know, put things together and shorten things and, you know, combine to get it out there. But uh, it's a true story. And I think that's pretty uh, awesome as well. What's great, what's great is people right now, if they drove to Leesburg, Florida, they can go to the place where my character had his life changed and so many others had their life changed. And it's still today, you know, hence the name, no vacancy, it's hardly ever a bed open, you know, because it stays packed. And when they and when they get somebody together and and they move on, someone's right back. A new person's in that spot, you know, at this place, the Samaritan Inn. And uh, so I, I just think I I love that because that that makes the whole thing actionable in your own life. Uh, you can do this in your own community in whatever form the Lord leads you to do it in helping the homeless in your community. So it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's very inspiring and uh, lets you know that even one even one person or one small group of people can make such a big difference. The character you play, Cecil Johnson, a real person, uh, overcame incarceration for attempted murder, drug addiction, and uh, became just this beloved figure uh, there in Leesburg. And uh, he did pass away uh, a few couple of years ago. And I'm, I'm assuming, TC, you never had any opportunity to interact with him in person. He had passed away probably before this got to you, right? Yeah, he passed away in 2019. And um, it was, again, that's when I'm just like, so I got to like my research level is going to be crazy, right? Because see, people know him and mm -hmm. you, you can't, you know, you can, you might could get away with a bad portrayal with a lot of people unfamiliar with Cecil Johnson, yeah. this guy, but that whole area knows him. Yeah. And I felt obligated to get it right. And then even with the world, it's like, if I'm introducing you to Cecil Johnson, um, this superhero of a guy that you don't know. I want to do it right. So the fact that he had passed away, I knew I was going to have to talk to people who knew him extremely well. My very first meeting was with his wife. And wow. I wanted to talk to, like, it don't get no better than Miss Johnson, Victoria Johnson, um, who is basically the female version of Cecil. She went through the same stuff and they came through the same program together. In fact, what he ended up doing with his life in terms of um, helping men get their life turned around. She did it for the women version and she's still doing it today. So to sit and hear her, you almost felt like you were, you were like, like this is the best source and you'll get to know him. And so constantly talking with her, then I had to, um, I, I asked her to send me anything that could help me to know like, the real true nuances of him. Like, what, what did he eat for breakfast? What, what, like, what was his hobbies like? What would, how did he laugh? What really tickled him? What be, I, and we talked all the time. We exchanged numbers and everything. And then I, from a, from a theatrical standpoint, uh, cause he, he's telling his testimony a lot in the film. I wanted to see how he told his testimony when he really told it. So FBC uh, sent me uh, videos and uh, audio of him telling his testimony. So now that's where I kind of picked up the, the uh, uh, the little Southern twang and the accent that I had. And I picked that all up from that. Um, and then I watched a documentary that him and his wife made together because that's when people really just, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the most theatrical form of him actually, what does he like on screen? Or well, how does he move into, like how, how would he want to share? And I watched that. So it was a lot of research in that. And then the fact that I didn't get the chance to see what he looked like in his early life. Um, Cause in his later life, he's all cleaned up and everything. And I'm not portraying that I'm portraying the early version. So I came up with the idea of, well, let me just transform myself into what I think I would look like 
if I just got strung out. And so I stopped grooming myself for months, like in terms of cutting my hair and my facial stuff. And, you know, I, I just did everything I could to just be as unkept as possible, you know, and then that's the look that we came up with, you know, for to portray Cecil Johnson and um, asking his wife, like, you know, well, he didn't, you know, he didn't cut anything. He, he who cared about that? You know, he's, he didn't even want to live. And so that's where you get the guy you see, because I didn't want you to see TC. I wanted you to see Cecil Johnson for whatever he looked like at that moment. And I think we achieved that. You know, I don't, I don't think well, you see Stalin. You did. And when I saw the, the footage of him at the end of the movie, you, you had absolutely just... Uh, you had achieved it absolutely. Okay. Uh, there are some other recognizable uh, people in the movie, uh, besides yourself, and knowing you from uh, other movies. Uh, Sean Young is in the movie, and then uh, Dean Kane as well. And a lot of people know Dean Kane from uh, Superman, from Lewis and Clark, uh, and also uh, he was in God's Not Dead more recently as well. So, uh, what was it like working with 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 those? Uh, did you know those others before you got into this role? No, I didn't. And it's just, just been the story of my career, which has been one of the coolest things about, um, you know, doing this is growing up, obviously, everyone who knows me and familiar with me know that, you know, I was a football player. That's what I wanted to do. I, didn't, I wasn't trying to be an actor or anything like that. But I, I mean, I enjoyed films. I enjoyed TV shows, you know, so all the sitcoms I used to watch, all the movies that I used to watch and everything, I'm seeing you know, people like Sean, you know, I'm seeing Sean Young, I'm seeing Dean Kennedy, and I'm not sitting there saying to myself or setting goals for myself, like, I want to be in a movie with them. I didn't even want to be an actor. I'm trying to go, My, I want to be like Barry Sanders, you know, football player, I want to go play football. So over my career over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, all the sitcoms, all the TV shows, all the movies, I've pretty much worked with 90% of these people. And I'm talking like 10, 15, 20 actors from the sitcoms to the movies. To, so with Sean and Dean, it was no different. You know, sure, I've seen, you know, I'm watching Ace Ventura, you know, you know, she's Einhorn. And you know, and I'm like, you're not watching that saying to yourself, like she's opposite, you know, uh, um, uh, I'm forgetting people's names now. But yeah, she's opposite Jim Carrey yeah. and, and stuff and, and Tone Loke and all these people. And I'm not sitting there looking at that saying like, huh, share the stage with her one day i'm gonna share i'm gonna share trade lines with her one day no not at all so when you actually end up here it is you know 30 years later you're in a movie with them you know and, and again with superman you watch the lois and clark episodes i'm not saying you know hey i'm gonna be in a film with him right so when you show up and you're just doing your lines i'm just like man this is just crazy how does this keep happening because every film i've done for the most part has been with people that i've watched coming up and had no idea or plan to meet them so that was always um just the thing that just really tickles me every single time. And so this time with, with Sean and Dean was a little different. Well, absolutely. Uh, no Vacancy is the movie. It's out May the 9th. It's going to be a wide release. We'll, uh, we'll look up uh, and give you guys the theaters in our area where you can see it. I've already seen it. It's outstanding. I, I highly recommend it to you if you want to get out to the theaters. This is a good one to get out and do it for. Uh, T.C. Stallings, our guest. And uh, T.C., I see you haven't been skipping the gym or anything like that. You've been, you've been <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not i gotta stay in shape for my superhero role that's right that's right i gotta i gotta get it before i get too old and can't and can't run and jump and stuff <laughs> well look, we really respect what you do and uh I, I encourage folks go back and look up tc stallings look at the movies he's been in and go back and watch them because we, we mentioned a couple of them but there's been several others that are really 
uh, really good as well. Maybe the titles aren't as recognizable as the Kendrick Brothers uh, titles are. Uh, but that uh, boy, you you started that uh, courageous movie off, man, and I, I've been I've been knowing you ever since. Like, man, who is that? <laughs> right, man. He came, he came along uh, and, and stole the vehicle right off the bat in courageous. Yeah, right? man. For, and, I was, and that was the first the first uh, role I ever had, and that um, major role. And um, I'm forever grateful for it. Um, you know, I, I thank um, you know Alex and Stephen and, and the whole Kendrick Brothers team for giving me an opportunity. Uh, to audition for it via Skype because I couldn't even get to Georgia to do it. Um, you know, and uh, you know, apparently I, you know, did what I need to do, and um, and then the rest is history. And so um, I'm, I'm always grateful for that. Yeah. I'm going